What is the intersection between technology, art, and science? Curiosity and wonder. That is Louis Schwartzberg's answer. Because, he says, it drives us to explore. Because, he says, we are surrounded by things we can't see. Louis Schwartzberg, cinematographer. America, Mysteries of the Unseen World. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! We live in a world of unseeable beauty. Some of it so subtle, so delicate, it is imperceptible to the human eye. If only we can see it. We are the worlds, the galaxies of some of these living beauties. If only they can see us for who we are. To some of them, our every shower is their thunderstorm. Our every bath is their tsunami. Amazing. We live in a world of unseeable beauty so mighty and so magnificent. They must surely have us for a good laugh. <laughs> to bring these invisible worlds to light, here comes the storytellers, the writers, the poets, the artists, the musicians, the photographers, the cinematographers, bending the boundaries of time and space, peeling away layers of natural blindness, zooming through molecules of malfeasance, stretching brittle lines of limitedness, expanding the mind, widening the imagination, slowing things down, speeding things up, magnifying many astonishing wonders of nature to bring into our light what we do not see, the hidden miracles of wonder. My name is Neville. You are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Let me steal from a Jewish saying, may I? What is truer than truth? The whole story. Ay ay ay. The whole story. We are surrounded by things we cannot see. Today, you and I are being presented with a chance to begin seeing a few of them. This is the fifth session of our Authors Roundtable, where we are privileged to have gathered authors of different genres from around the globe. 
emerging and established authors, award-winning authors, best-selling authors, authors from publishing houses, large and small, independent authors, surgeons of the mind, designers of our fantasies, prophets of our fears, magnifiers of our visions, holders of the light, for we are surrounded by things we cannot see. And today, you and I are being presented with another chance to begin seeing a few of them. Look at the faces of people whom you meet. Each one has an incredible story behind their face. A story that you could never fully fathom. Not only their own story, but the story of their ancestors. We all go back so far. And in this present moment, on this day, all the people you meet, all that life from generations and from so many places all over the world, flows together and meets you here like a life-giving water if you only open your heart and drink. Open your heart to the incredible gifts that civilization gives to us. You flip a switch and there is electric light. You turn a faucet and there is warm water and cold water and drinkable water. It's a gift that millions and millions in the world will never experience. So these are just a few of an enormous number of gifts to which we can open your heart. And so I wish you that you will open your heart to all these blessings and let them flow through you. That everyone whom you will meet on this day will be blessed by you. Just by your eyes, by your smile, by your touch, just by your presence. Let the gratefulness overflow into blessing all around you. And then it will really be a good day. Hi, I'm Amos. And I'm Cassidy. And together we are... Amos. Cassidy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Today our table is set in the United Kingdom, in Bedfordshire, in the east of England. Seated at the table are Amos and Cassidy, collaborating urban fantasy writers authors of the Crimson series and the Dreams and Shards series. 
Join us around the table. The meal is set. When I was a boy, I used to enjoy sitting betwixt the shrubs, or lying on the garden bed where grubs crawl, and there watch for any of the many moments when vines begin to crawl up toward the light, the many moments when buds begin to open, sharing their fragrance. You can see these, you know. It takes patience. Some boys do have patience, believe it or not. I didn't think it then that this may be a rare thing I was doing. I don't know it now, if it is a rare thing that boys do. I do occasionally sneak a peek to see if I still have that patience, to feel if I'd enjoy that very sense of wonder, or if both have since left with the passing of innocence. It takes me back to the beautiful story of Adam and Eve, naked in the garden, back to my boyhood memory of those gorgeous artistic renderings of them, each dressed in that singular leaf, large enough but much smaller than a bikini. There was always a snake in the scene. We are wonderfully and marvelously made. I am. I trust you are too. We are, by and large, equipped with five senses. We use these to interact with our environment and with each other. We use them to navigate our world. Isn't it remarkably strange, though? Were you to stretch the entire spectrum for 2,000 miles, the measure of that spectrum you and I, humans, are of norm capable of seeing is about the size of a dime. And what about our audible senses? Were you to stretch the full range, well, you pick the length, however large your imagination allows. The measure of the portion you and I, humans, are of norm capable of hearing, is about the size of a speck. And what about our ability to smell? Dogs are far more privileged. Yet, privilege may not be the right word. And on and on, you get the point. As grand a species as we are, we seem to have these extraordinary limits. So why are our storytellers, these necessary participants of every viable society, so eager for us to see what we cannot see, hear what we do not hear, feel what only others feel, and so on and so forth. Emerson Cassidy, welcome to the Authors' Roundtable. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, we've been writing together for what? Two, three, four, 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 <laughs> four years. Four years now. Um, and before that, we wrote novels individually. And then we kind of one cold February morning over snacks and 
Coffee. Coffee. Um, <laughs> we've decided to... To start writing together. So, I mean, I'm when we're not writing, I just stay at home, look after the kids, run the household. Um, and I'm a stay-at-home mum, basically, trying to fit the writing in around all the other chores. And I'm um, studying for a degree in humanities and just generally spend my time procrastinating about <laughs> our latest writing project. We live in uh, the county of Bedfordshire, uh, which is... Where is it? <laughs> it's south-east. Yeah, south-east south of, of the UK. And, um, about yeah, not too minutes. far from London. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the weather is pretty rainy most of the time. We <laughs> probably get about two or three weeks of sunshine if we're lucky in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest of the time, it's pretty dismal, isn't it? Yeah. So that kind of feeds our imagination. It forces us to stay indoors and write more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So why did you start writing? What led you into that? What, Rob started us writing together? No, individually, and then I'll find out together. Just, I don't know, just really like... I've always had things in my head since a child, like characters and places, and I've loved inventing things and scenarios and worlds and I don't know. Well with me it was um, more, I used to have really crazy dreams uh-huh. and I used to write them down. She still has yeah, very I still crazy, have crazy dreams. <laughs> but most of um, our stuff has come from something that one of us has dreamt mm. and then you've, we've elaborated on it and as you talk about it a story builds and characters develop and then it kind of takes off. So it was just an outlet, really, for my imagination. And when you're cooking and cleaning and changing nappies, <laughs> your mind sort of wanders. And, you know, sometimes I get ideas just doing mundane things around the house. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, it's just fun to have this for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's completely sort of my thing. I'm not just mummy anymore and I'm not just wifey anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing something that is just mine. So... That's why I, I do it. I don't yeah. think I'd be able to survive if I wasn't writing. I think I'd go absolutely insane. Yeah, me too. It's like oxygen. Yeah, mm. yeah. you need it. Yeah. Otherwise, we would just, yeah, suffocate under, <laughs> under reality. <laughs> <laughs> now, you did say then that on that one particular day, you guys decided to write t- together. Uh, mm. Now, that's... Uh, so, what's the difference between... Um, you know, being as an individual writer and writing as a team, collaborating on any particular project. What is that like? Well, we we did write separate projects um, and we discussed them and we found that we kind of, it, it's strange, but our, it's like he's got, we both have um, half of the half of a writing brain in our head yeah. <laughs> together and it connects it actually produces phenomenal ideas <laughs> and it works best <laughs> in this way. It's like, like you know, you say it sounds really corny, but it's like, oh, he completes me when, when it comes to writing. Mm. And that's, you know, I, I, I found I was very good at certain aspects of writing and Amos was really good at other aspects. And when we put them together, we learned from each other as well. And it helped us generally yeah. with our yeah. writing skill. And it's just having someone to talk to. And when you're feeling down or you're feeling like, oh, it's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. somebody who understands who is just as passionate about your work as you are, 
that will give you that kick you need to sort of carry on. Mm-hmm. That's the love- excuse to get together and drink copious amounts of coffee and <laughs> eat cream. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now you did mention changing nappies, so I'm assuming you have kid or kiddos that are very small. Yes, I do. I have a, a one, well, he's about 14 months now, uh-huh. um, and I have a six-year-old daughter, and I have a 15-year-old daughter as well. So how does that... How do you, how are you able to coordinate your time with uh, that range of uh, kids um, in in the process? How, how does that affect your process? Well, the only thing that I can do in that I've realised is you have to cut something from your life if, if you're going to be able to look after the kids and write. So I've decided not to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, ge- I'm guessing that Amos sleeps for you. <laughs> I do. I do all the things. I'm very, um, you know. It's so generous. Okay. So it, it, you know. It's just a matter of um, my spare time. I don't watch most time when I could be watching telly or or doing something leisure activity. I write because you have to squeeze it in when when you can, and sometimes. I have the laptop on and I'm writing while I'm doing the housework. I'll keep coming back and sitting down for, you know, a few minutes at a time. And on one occasion, I did, I think I did six or 7,000 words just during the day while I was actually doing other chores as well. That was um, pretty hardcore. Yeah, because st- I had to write, but I also had to do other things. So I was trying to do both at the same time. And that's how I function, just try and write when I can. Okay. Now, uh, can you tell us what you write about, just generally? Um, with, it, it's mainly, at the moment, we've written urban fantasy, like quite dark urban fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all the books that we have published so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are looking to branch out into other genres, uh, like dystopian mm-hmm. and um, paranormal romance. So t- 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 tell us what is or or I can't even say the word. Tell us what is <laughs> urban fantasy. <laughs> well, urban fantasy is um, like uh, featuring paranormal creatures or something supernatural in an urban setting, and they're generally contemporary. You can get a historical. That's not really urban fantasy, though. No. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, like a fantasy story set in an urban setting, pretty much. Okay. Now, you you do that together. Were you doing urban fantasy apart before you guys decided to to collaborate? Well, I, I wrote a fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. You wrote a... I was writing a paranormal romance. Yeah. Mm. We merged them. <laughs> <laughs> Those projects are in the vault. The main thing is, it doesn't. we're not really too fussed about what genre. We're pretty no. flexible. It's more about... Um, the story and they're very character driven and we like to get into the head of the character yeah. and they have to be twists and turns and a plot that you you won't see coming we if we feel that if we enjoy writing it and it surprises us mm-hmm. then it should surprise and delight a reader mm-hmm. If we feel emotionally drained at the end, 
and we know we've done our job. <laughs> That's good. So what what makes a what makes a work a fantasy work? Why is why do you call it fantasy? Or why is that genre does that genre exist? What what is it? What do you mean, like a fantasy in general? Yes. Yes, please. Um. Oh, that's a tricky question. I think it's 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 creating a world that deviates from reality, where anything is possible, and you know, urban fantasy writers and fantasy writers will create their own magical systems, will create their own rules and laws for this particular world, mm-hmm. and each creature um, and supernatural being will have to adhere to these rules, um, and then the plot sort of centers the plot sort of works within that, um, and. You can all, if it's urban fantasy, it will be set in a contemporary setting, like you know, in a city or, or town, and then they'll show that beneath the surface there is this other world, <laughs> other creatures yeah. who have these, you know, these rules and and regulations. Watch and, the shadows. Yes, yeah, so that, that's basically what fantasy is, I think. Whether yeah. it's set in an urban setting or whether it's more traditional fantasy, yeah. set in another world. Because that's the difference. Digital fantasy would be on a different, a different world or dimension or planet. Yeah. Um, so with that, you have to build everything, not just yeah. the fantastical system. You have to build the whole world. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have a favorite city that you you always set your story oh. in or under? Yeah, London. <laughs> um, I'm there pretty much every Sunday in London, so it's like my second home. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the easiest place to write about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And the most fun. Mm-hmm. Because we we know we know London. Well, I don't go as often as, as Amos does, but um, it's still something that we can write about with confidence because we have the information and it just feels more real then, doesn't it? And it's old. London's old. Like There's so much mystery to London. Even like the city, the financial district of the city is like the oldest part of London and to me that it's kind of the most creepiest because it's like what what is like what was there yeah, before yeah. before they put the buildings up what life yeah. is <laughs> and all the old nooks and crannies and alleyways and it's just a fascinating place and I the think underground it, you the can imagine horror, yeah. horrors happening down there and a whole group of people living in the shadows yeah and we kind of did make the underground a bit scary no spoilers yeah <laughs> 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 So, what about castles? Do you guys have a lot of castles involved in your story, or they're out? No, which is a shame because I love castles, but there hasn't. Oh no, hang on. Do we have a castle? Oh no, no, we didn't have a castle. <laughs> have a castle. Yeah, I want a castle. Yeah, castle. Yeah. Oh my castle. Lots of books. Okay. Castles rule. We'll be right back. As you're about the house doing chores, or as you travel, train, bus, car, plane, or yacht, or while you're on the beach, or taking that jog along the beautiful trail, enjoy the hunks i dreamed the hunks i dreamed is available in audio and digital formats at a click you can get it for any of your smart devices from amazon audible 
iTunes, Barnes and Noble, Kindle, Nook. It's a great listen and an enriching read. The Hunks I Dreamed, it is the story of a young man's quest to make his dream real before clever thieves trick it from under his nose. It is the story of a soldier raising his son to be that hero he wanted to be. It is the playing out of a drama, the unraveling of a mystery at the place of dreams, that inevitable battle with trapped widey eyes and idy wise, that blood-rushing struggle between destiny and the dream. It is an extraordinary journey through the greatest dream of all times, a master class on those five essentials of the masterminds of our times. It's real. The Hunks I Dreamed by yours truly, Neville D'Angelo. It's just a click away. Check it out. The Hunks I Dreamed. Well, Emerson Cassidy, can you tell us some about the characters that you write about in your stories? Well, the characters we write about, um, well, in the Crimson series, one of our series, um, Rose is kind of the main character, but she's not really because there's several storylines going on which are told from um, the perspective of different characters and uh, one of the characters, one of the main characters is Raven, who is the um, the beta, uh, beta of the werewolf clan, which is like the second in command, and he's gay. And basically, in our work, what we try to do is show all sexuality, um, a diverse selection of characters, but don't kind of... Because sometimes um, gay characters are kind of sidelined, aren't they? And they're not really given... Um, or, or their love lives are glossed over. But with Raven, his romantic storyline isn't. He is. Um, He's quite a prominent yeah, character. He is. He's one of the main characters, or he does become one of the main characters. And we were actually really sort of delighted and surprised when the response from the readers was so pro Raven. They all loved him, and he wasn't even supposed to be the main character. He just came through so strongly yeah. mm-hmm. that everybody started going on about how much they, they loved him and wanted to see more of him. And so we, we gave them more, didn't we? Yeah. And then <laughs> the other books, we thought, well, you know, this is what the readers want. Yeah. We write, obviously, because we love it, but we also write for the reader. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to listen to your readers in, as much as possible if it doesn't compromise your vision for the plot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, he has a stalker as well. Go ahead, go ahead. Raven has a stalker. Ah. Yeah, a real life stalker. Yeah, he yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> He's so been real, but he has a real life stalker. It's quite, it's quite amusing. But we just thought, rather than pigeonhole um, our work to a specific genre, even though it is mainly urban fantasy, mm-hmm. um, normally if you have main characters that are... Um, gay or bisexual, you normally go into the MM genre yeah. um, and 
that's where it, it gets pigeonholed, but we don't like to do that because no. we feel that, you know, we're writing it's about, broad. yeah, it's yeah. broad, writing about yeah. loads of characters. It's more like a soap opera. There's, there's a lot going on, but it all connects up yeah. and yeah. everybody interacts and it all falls into place. It's like with The Rain, um, The Rain Rebirth, that, that has a main character who is gay, but there are other characters who are not. So, yeah, everyone is there, you know, Mm -hmm. the broad, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Now, you do do refer to several series. Can you describe broadly each of the series that you write? Well, we've got the Crimson series, Mm -hmm. which is currently three books long. Mm -hmm. Um, That one is... What, how much do you want to know? <laughs> I'll see where you're going with this. I'll let you go. <laughs> I, I waffle sometimes. Well, the, the Crimson series is an urban fantasy yeah. um, set in London to start with. Um, there is a host of characters, and we've got loads of supernatural beings, vampires, werewolves, witches, creepy things that lurk in alleyways. Um, and then we have the unsuspecting character that comes into it and learns that there's this hidden world and that she's somehow a part of it. The series then sort of progresses and you do see it does sort of revolve around the main character, Rose, but then the other storylines sort of continue as well. Um, and there's three books at the moment. Um, and we do get a bit into sort of myth and, and legend yeah, yeah. as well um, as we progress. So we can't say too much. People haven't read it, then we'll give away no. some of the, the twists and turns. Um, but mainly, that is um, uh, that's pretty solidly urban fantasy. Yeah, that one is. Yeah. And the other series we have, which is called the Rain series, um, that one's more paranormal thriller with a touch of horror, and that's set in, in a fictional town called Longbrook along the southern coast of England. <laughs> And it, um, <laughs> I'm trying to describe it. That, that is heavily steeped in mythology. We've kind of twisted a very, very famous legend and made it our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that follows the exploits of Jake Pendragon, clued mm-hmm. in the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People might recognise the Pendragon name, but yeah. that's where it is. Yeah, and that, that's. Um, it's quite a creepy one, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's a little bit more creepy and it's a little bit more horror sort of moments in, in that And one. the characters are older than the Crimson series as well, so it's not considered new adults like the Crimson series is. Good. Well, are you guys ready to read from so a passage from some one of your books? Yeah. While Amos and Cassidy are getting ready to read, let me take this moment to remind you that some of our authors' published works include adult topics, adult situations, and adult language, which some listeners may find uncomfortable. Well, this is Crimson Midnight. And this is the first chapter, Goodbye for Now, and I'm going to read this first section here for you now. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. 
Rose stood in the bedroom doorway, shoulder propped against the doorframe, thumbs tucked into the pockets of her low-rise Levi. She cocked her head, watching Greg's backside moving back and forth like an overactive piston. Had it always been that hairy? She cleared her throat. I guess you're busy, she said. Maybe I should pop back later. The piston halted and Greg practically threw himself off his bed, partner, as if she were an unwanted hot potato. Fuck, Rose, fuck! Yeah, I can see that, Rose said. What are you, I mean, when did you get here? She glanced casually at her wristwatch. About five minutes ago. She noticed him surreptitiously, pulled the bedspread up to cover his crotch. What are you doing here? He asked. I thought I'd surprise you. She pushed herself off the doorframe, sauntering into the room. I guess I succeeded. A petite five foot four with the elfin doe-eyed features of a manga sketch topped with long golden hair, Rose didn't look like a threat. In fact, she was pretty certain that she would have been cast as the lead in any production of Legally Bond on looks alone. But the tussled brunette frozen on the bed saw something in Rose's sapphire gaze that galvanised her into action. She shot off the bed, making a grab for a pair of lacy red underwear on the floor. <clears throat> Sit, Rose said. The brunette froze, her fingers mere inches from the lacy garment that would cover her Brazilian waxed bits. <laughs> yeah, Rose wished she'd missed that bit. Rose smiled, but it didn't reach her eyes. Please, don't leave on my account. This won't take more than a minute. She strode casually to the bedside cabinet on the brunette's side of the bed and felt her shrink away. Ignoring her, she began to rummage inside. Greg pulled up, pulled on his boxes. What are you doing? Getting my stuff. She pulled out a couple of paper bags, her overnight cosmetics bag and her hardback copy of the Karma Sutra. It felt tacky and sticky. Rose cracked it open and frowned. You've got spunk stains on my book. She threw the book onto the bed, wiping her hands on her jeans. She shoved the rest of her stuff into her backpack, which lay on the floor by the bedside table. Swinging the backpack onto her shoulder, she headed for the door. She felt Greg behind her, his breath hot on the nape of her neck. What? So that's it? You're just going to leave? He made a grab for her shoulder, and she shrugged him off. Threesomes are really not my thing, she said, and carried on down the hallway. She needed to get out of here, quick, before... This is all your fault, you know. She paused, hand on the banister. Now this she had to hear. She turned to face him. He had his arms crossed across his broad chest, tanned and speckled with dark hair. She had loved lying on that chest. Her eyes travelled up to settle on his face. He wore his favourite expression, smug. Enlighten me, he shrugged. If he'd put, up, put out more often, this would never have happened. A man has knees, you know, and you're always busy. And then he was on the floor, clutching his nose. Rose blinked, staring at her fist feeling the anger which had erupted so suddenly dissipate. The boring in her ears subsided and she heard Greg whimper. What, what, what did you do that for? Some questions didn't deserve a response. Rose turned on her heel and walked away. Thank you, Emerson Cassidy, for that very fine reading. Before we begin our game for the day, during which I will send Amos and Cassidy off to my strange island. Let's see if Amos will tell us why he goes to London so regularly. Because, um... Because it's an addiction. It's an addiction. He I, doesn't I, go, he goes into withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> True. Honestly, it's not even, it's not even exaggeration. No. Every weekend, there was one time when the rail wasn't running properly, he was so depressed. Yeah. I, I couldn't handle it. I had to stay here in Bedfordshire around the greenery and the fields and 
I just needed the concrete and the urban space to be <laughs> <to> sane. <laughs> so, so what, what, what's, um, what's good in London now? What's good in London now? Yes. Uh, well, the art scene is very, very good. Um, there's some real, really cool stuff happening there. Um, and the bagel shop in Brick Lane, which is just a little flight of heaven in the world. It never closes. It's open 24 hours a day, only closes Christmas Day. Mm. Any time of day or night, you can go and get a salmon and cream cheese bagel. <laughs> £1.60. <laughs> <laughs> delicious. Good, good, good. Now, we're going to be playing a game, and I'll be sending the two of you off to an island. Oh. You will be gone to the island... Uh, for a decade, yeah. each. <laughs> now I'm trying to decide whether I'll have you together or apart. <laughs> I'll decide that in a moment. Um, actually, let me first try this game with you guys going together. But you're only allowed to take four things. So you're allowed to take one book. What book will you take? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right, um, okay. I know what I we're want. Not taking that. We're not taking her routine, whatever it is. <sighs> yeah, we'll have to take Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Well, yeah. yeah, Game of Thrones. I haven't read it yet, so I'll, yeah, I'll go for Game of Thrones. So you'll take a Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. And, um, bagel aside, you're allowed yeah. to take. <laughs> 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 you're allowed to take one meal you will not have a taste of that meal for 10 years after you guys enjoy it this one time in the island oh. one meal one meal oh god um. this is difficult because I'm a vegetarian and Cassidy isn't ah but we had that oh, the stuffed crust pizza from around the corner. With the, 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 the veget vegetarian supreme with everything on it. Yeah, the veggie supreme pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With, with garlic. Do I have to go with? <laughs> with garlic um, sauce. Garlic, yeah. Good, good. All right, now you have... I'm going to throw you to the shark. <laughs> Alright, you're allowed to have, take with you one specialty item, an item that you guys could just share and enjoy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what item would you take? <laughs> what you will enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, might as well. <laughs> um, for speciality items. Um, <clears throat> a poster of Jensen Ackles. 
So is, does she agree with that? I don't know. <laughs> Hey, well, and just to mention for the audience, <laughs> that, that is somebody from Supernatural, right? One of the yeah. main characters. Can we just take him? Can we have him himself? <laughs> <laughs> if he'd agree. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, we'll have Jensen Ackles. We'll have, we'll have, have Jensen Ackles. Ackles. Yeah. You'll have Jensen Ackles. Yeah. I'll, I'll get a message on to Jensen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Um... You're allowed to take one item that you don't now have, but you dream of having, and so you'll be allowed to have it for 10 years. What would that be? Oh a dream of having. But it's not tangible that you dream of having. We can have it for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. That's really hard. Excalibur. <laughs> Why? Were you going to cut fish with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, I lift this sword. What about a yacht? Since we can like sail around the island. Yeah, but then we can just like go from the island. Because that's the loophole. You didn't say we could have a boat. Yeah, we'll have a yacht. We'll have a yacht. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Great, that's good. Before Amos and Cassidy sail off in their yacht, let's find out what their next project is and where we can find their books. Um, our next project is um, a paranormal romance. romance series that we're going to start working on over the next couple of weeks. Um, and that will be, I think, four books, four book series. Yeah. Okay, we have Crimson Midnight, uh, Crimson Darkness, Crimson Dawn, the, and The Rain Rebirth, and they're available on Amazon Kindle and Nook Press. Great. Well, once again, love you for having, uh, for being on the program. Oh, thank, thank you for you having so us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. It's been fun. Yeah, wicked. Especially the island. What was that? Yeah. Thank you very much, Neville. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. Throughout our Authors Roundtable series, we feature a number of videos added during each session. You'll find them on thejourney.riosports.com. That is, the journey is one word, dot riosports, R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S, dot com. Thejourney.riosports.com. This session features filmmaker Louis Schwartzberg's amazing cinematography, by way of his amazing craft, he lets us see the miracles and wonders of the invisible. Check them out, thejourney.riosports.com. And remember to pause for a moment. Look at the faces of people whom you meet. Each one has an incredible story behind their face story that you could never 
fully fathom not only their own story, but the story of their ancestors. We all go back so far. And in this present moment, on this day, all the people you meet, all that life from generations and from so many places all over the world, flows together and meets you here like a life-giving water if you only open your heart and drink. Ah, at a touch, at a click, pick up the hunks I dreamed by Neville D'Angelo. See you next week.